Welcome to the UH Industrial Design Alumni Podcast. This is your host, Dylan Bailey, alongside Carlo Yarbo. And we made this podcast to capture the stories of alumni and make them accessible to especially current students who might be looking for a compass for where their careers might take them. It's also a chance to get to know alumni better and give you more than just a LinkedIn profile. So without further ado, this is the Brian Shu episode. He is a lovely, hilarious man and has worked really hard to be where he's at. So let's get to it. I break a few eggs and make an omelet, you know what I'm saying? Biking, what got you into going outdoors? That's when I think of you. That's what I think of. Like, where does where does that start? Oh man, that's funny. I when I was growing up, you know, and not like a, I guess like an immigrant, you know, I'm second generation or first generation American born Chinese, and I can't say that like there's a lot of value placed on camping and like you know the outdoors and outdoor recreation when I was growing up you know I didn't go camping for the first time until I was in college and I had a a really interesting roommate my sophomore year of my my undergrad who was like kind of like a hippie dude like was <laughs> you know into climbing and backpacking and all this stuff you know just like what, he's like one of my best friends now, um, but you know it was just like uh, just sort of by happenstance. You know I needed a roommate, and he was like a friend of a friend. They she hooked us up together, and we got and then um, we moved in. He was like, "Hey, like you wanna you wanna bike to campus?" And I was like, "Why drive? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't even have a bike." And he was like, "No, I got two bikes. You can you can have one." I was like, okay, so like, uh, tried it out, you know, it just seemed like a really silly thing to do. And I, I guess I guess I'm trying to say like, he's this, this, my buddy, Matt, uh, he's largely responsible for sort of like opening my eyes to like a world like outside of the city, you know, having grown up in Houston, like pretty much my entire childhood and, you know, not really ever leaving Houston it was very different, you know, he, we, he gave me like a bike and like I rode to campus and then like, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I started looking and bought my own bike, you know, it was a piece of crap, but, you know, rode it everywhere I went. And then he was working at like our, uh, our outdoor recreation department of like, you know, like the gym, like how we, we had, we had one at U of H too, that I worked for for a little bit. He, <laughs> He asked me like if I wanted a job there. It's like, like the one with all the the white people who like <laughs> don't really <laughs> didn't see a lot of diversity in that group, but um which is a whole another topic, you know, that we can get into at some point. Um and uh I just met these people and like, you know, they seemed like they had a lot of like I don't know, like really fun interests, like 
kayaking and, and climbing. And basically what I'm trying to say is like, it was just very foreign to me and I was super intrigued, you know, like I tried climbing at the gym for the first time, like could barely like get like five feet off the ground before just like shaking, like panicking. And I was like, all right. And just kind of felt like a, I don't know, like a personal challenge, I guess. So I just like went back every day and like, until, you know, I can get to the top of the wall, like not really knowing what I was doing, but just, you know, that was my goal. And, uh, you know, and then they're like, oh yeah, you know, you can do this outdoors. And I was like, why would people do that? You know, <laughs> like, um, and it was even the, the indoor one is so intimidating. I've never like been around rock walls. So for me, I would never have the bravery to just, I, I mean, just even like, Get, get there's like that little fence at the one at U of H there's yeah, that yeah. little fence to get in that little area or so there's something yeah there's like a, there's like a barricade or whatever with like the check-in area or whatever it's like right when you yeah, walk you in everybody there's... watching you yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it, it would feel like getting on stage or something like there's it's, such a it's right pressure. at the entrance of the gym so it's like yeah that's <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. you're the first thing that people see when you're like <laughs> holding on to the wall just like crying it's like <laughs> you know like <laughs> Yeah, there's no... It looks so intimidating. I mean, luckily, like, I didn't even know that we had a rock wall at UTSA my first year there. Because it's, like, tucked in a corner of, like, our gym. And so I just never ventured out there. Like, I never really got past the basketball courts. And that was, like, really all I did. Um, and, you know, it was just, like... Yeah, and I was, like, coming from, like, you know, culture where I was just, like, either hooping or, or you know, like, playing outside or something. Like, throwing football. And, like, so... Climbing just never seemed like a sport to me. It's just like something you did at birthday parties when you were a kid. And, you know, it was just like when they like told me, it's like, actually, like, this is like a real sport. Like people do this outdoors and they like climb these like incredibly tall, like cliff faces or like mountains and, and all this stuff. And like, I just tagged along, like went on a couple trips and just like felt really at like peace, you know, like being on like not even like anything epic like we went to like enchanted rock for a trip or whatever and just like being able to see like all the stars and like being able to like not hear you know road sounds or like chirping of like electronics and stuff like that it's just like uh i really don't want to describe it something like clicked right and like just like this is really great and like i, I want to incorporate this into like my everyday life and you know my like basically just I got a job there and just started built built my experience with like uh camping and 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 also like outdoor leadership um one of my you know I became a trip leader so I would take other uh patrons you know on these backpacking trips and like kind of being able to like force myself to learn how to control like you know situations where other people's lives are sort of like um in my hands so to speak and that type of environment was like I don't know, it was really like kind of invigorating and and you know I did all kinds of stuff that I don't think I ever would have done had I not you know I guess roomed with my with my buddy or you know, I'd not like force myself out of my comfort zone, you know, because like none of my friends did that sh stuff either, you know, like they, right. <laughs> they, you know, were playing video games or playing basketball or whatever, you know, and, um, yeah. but 
the whole like idea of wanting to design products for the outdoor industry um it all kind of culminated at the same time because at the time like i was in art school um at utsa and also like was getting my uh my one of my other degree was in english literature <laughs> and um yeah no idea what i was going to do with either one um and uh i went on a long trip like overseas and um went to a uh what's it called a um kind of like not the biennale but like it was like a convention for product design and architecture in italy and you know i bought like a like a, a book or something on on product design and uh, it was all like outdoor gear um it was like snow boot bindings it was you know bikes and climbing shoes and you know i was like really intrigued because i didn't still didn't quite understand like that this was like a separate industry of like people who actually design these products i i guess until then it always assumed that they just I don't know. It was like magic. It just sort of happens, right? Like someone's like, I need a boot. And then they make a boot or something, you know, like I didn't understand that the level of like development and conceptualizing and, and you know, all of the aspects of, of product design that, you know, we do now, it was just like, I like to draw. I like to make stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not doing anything with this like English degree of mine, <laughs> you know, I'm not really, you know, I have like an art background, but I don't really know how to use it. And I guess I was just trying to combine like all the things in my life that like made me feel good and whole, mm. you know? Um, and that's like when I started ID, well, actually, I, I mean, I thought I wanted to do architecture and then um, I realized like I wouldn't be able to really, I guess, that would take me away from like the outdoors um in a way and um so yeah i was just like well okay, like i want to design you know the stuff that i love to use and i want to help uh sort of open that door to people and and make the outdoors more accessible in terms of like under like you know the products that I want to say the products that are necessary to enjoy it because you don't need anything to like enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, the outdoors. But I just wanted to have like a hand in that, you know. Um, like I remember when I got like my, my first backpack, I ordered it off eBay and it was a piece of crap. And like, you know, I didn't know what I was looking for. And I was like, oh, like I just ebay like backpacking backpack and it like came from China and like it would have like like some weird like adidas like bootleg logo on it or something like that and, like <laughs> fell apart on me in like three days and i was like okay there's like a disconnect here of like understanding you know what quality is and like what like you know the price points and like what do i really need um so yeah i guess like i wanted to help sort of instill that sort of feeling that i had when i first started getting into that stuff and like being able to have some control and like all of course the critiques that I of my own that I had in outdoor gear um 
yeah, that was, I don't know. It, it was just something that all kind of like came together at the same time. But as far as like bikes and stuff, like, uh, I, which is kind of your original question. Leave it to Brian to just, to no, just no, take the next three like questions. Several different tangents. <laughs> and, 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 and give you the full story in uninterrupted. It's all good. I, uh, let me pause you. The the part where you're at, you're in Italy, and you're is that a, a show like at a museum that you're at that you're describing? Sorry, no, it was in the Netherlands. It was not in Italy. I went on Italy on that. I went to Italy on that trip, but where that convention actually happened was in uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, I just went on like oh, a wow a long ass trip to just like different places in Europe. Um, no, that seems even more fitting. I I, I mean I'm just. And your like narrative, like being in Amsterdam, um, especially being outdoors. But I, I like to, I think it's the point that you made about it almost being magic, the way that these products are made. It's easy to like see the Nike check and imagine the, the shoes coming out. There's like this point though, where you actually understand the human hand is behind it. Especially like, like as an art, like with an art background, and I think a lot of people in ID have that in common, like this art background. It's easy to see the human hand in a painting or a sculpture. It's not easy to see that though in like products. And so there's... I, yeah, I almost, honestly thought with like, I thought Steve Jobs designed every Apple product. Like, and you know, like I thought he like straight up was like, it drew like a rectangle and like, this is the iPhone. And like, that's how it happens. You know, like I, it was all just like magic to me. And... Yeah. Yeah, I honestly still didn't really understand it until like I got to U of H and like, you know, like my first year is just like, oh, like I, I think I had to like Wikipedia industrial design, like when I was like, you know, trying to figure stuff out. It, 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 I mean it, it it's crazy because it's it's honestly not until like recently that I think you know, from a marketing perspective, they're you know, they're not even presenting the story of products like they present them nowadays where you actually understand that there's an art to it and there's a process before it was just mm. like when you think about you know like christmas time you know what is it that you want for christmas and all these new things coming out you just i just have this image of like this like manufacturing like, <laughs> just elves air belt, just like <laughs> yeah it's just like dropping like fully you know fully assembled products yeah, already exactly. and it's like okay i guess I guess they're done. I guess that was that was easy, yeah. but you don't really see the, you know, you don't see the pencil and the paper and like the sweat behind like all the hours that go into a product that now it's like it makes it makes these products even more, you know, compelling and appealing. Yeah. Um, especially when you bring up like Nike, I think they're one of the best at it. Like you go into the Nike store um, in New York and it's like, honestly, oh, yeah. most of the stuff you see in there is all the shoes being broken down into like each phase that they're like being like designed. And it's just like every little detail that goes into the story behind this one shoe is like what they're telling you. Yeah. <laughs> like like you don't see the, making, you don't see the actual shoe until you get to the, you know, the furthest point of the store. Making like it's the crazy. process like transparent and like accessible, I think, you know, helps, you know, sort of build that, you know, appreciation for like the final product. And that was the thing at the, right. that, 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 I guess it was an expo or something. And like, 
what they had, they had like different products and then they like, you know, on, you know, their presentation boards or whatever, like in the background, they would have like all the sketches that went into it and like the, you know, different like material, like manufacturing of the different materials and like what was special about the materials. I mean, a lot of it was in Dutch, so I didn't really know what was going on, but I just saw the sketches and I was like, oh, wow, there's like so much, you know, like iteration that like went in before this like final product, you know, like came off the line. And that, yeah, it was just really eye opening. I still didn't really understand it. You know, I didn't understand like, oh, do they just like hire like artists, you know, to do the sketches and then they hire engineers to do the the actual like making of it like that, you know, still seemed that was still that disconnect until like I finally, you know, was like, you know, waist deep in it. But yeah, it was so, cool. <laughs> just, to, just to circle back, because I think this is pretty crazy how it relates to your story is that, you know, you go from <clears throat> being this, this, this city boy out to UTSA and then like first day or whatever you meet this this roommate and he just like gives you this this like small idea of riding your bike to school and that opens up this like whole new you know mindset to you know the outdoors and um I guess you know biking and um which which leads you to product design and it almost feels like when you were introduced both of those like those concepts you were just in this right place right time had the willingness to you know kind of accept it not shy away from it you know especially it being so foreign not quite understanding it but like wanting to learn more about it yeah and that just you know lead you lead you on i I think a lot of what it was is like you know like the idea of sort of taking things slower i guess like you know when you're when you when you bike to to you know to school like what you see and how you experience the world is very different than when you get in your car and drive to the parking lot and then walk to class so it was like you know oh like i find myself like taking these little like cut through like you know these parks and stuff or like you know like just seeing the world in a much slower rate and like kind of appreciating those details that I normally miss and like I found the same thing in like backpacking or like climbing even you know I found myself in places that like I would never be at if I weren't doing those things um you know it's just like sort of slowing down to like appreciate the process and those like smaller details that normally I would overlook and you know kind of going back to like biking and you know the more I rode the and the more I like got into it the more like of course like I wanted to understand like you know my machine and like how to like maintain it how to how to improve it how to what I like what's actually how it all works you know and like kind of understanding like oh bikes are actually really simple machines you know it's just like a combination of well, simple machines, you know, like gears, pulleys, levers, you know, uh, things like that. And it like just seemed really fascinating that it was like, oh, if I just like break it down into like smaller parts, it's really easy to understand how it works. And, you know, I've the re- one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing now and working for this company is that a large part of their 
kind of greater uh, objective is to make cycling and commuting by bike like accessible to a wider audience so a lot of it's like about like transparency and like not making it seem like magic like making it seem like this is something that's very easy to understand and very easy to do regardless of like your experience levels your you know what like whatever neighborhood you're from like you know it's it's uh available to everybody um and in turn like hopefully you know what it did for me it will do for a lot of people and like kind of uh maybe build this appreciation for like a, a community that takes things like a little slower i guess and I don't know. It sounds like I relate to that. more romantic, I guess, but <laughs> it is. I, no, I relate to that because I think of it in terms of skateboarding a lot, especially at my age now. When I go skate, a lot of times it's it's just to get out. But I always tell people it's like being a photographer without a camera. Yeah. When you talk about like the pace, um, and even kind of the romance of it, I like skating downtown. To me, that's like thrilling because I'm catching all the details that when I'm in my car, I would just like fly by it, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, I, I like what you said too about just, you know, regardless of like the neighborhood that you're from, you know, and who who you've grown up with, it can connect you with places and, and people. I, I, I relate to that strongly just because skateboarding for me was that vehicle, like being in a small East Texas town where most people, even as small as it is, most people didn't even get out of their small little neighborhood. Yeah. And so for me, I at least felt like, relative to the people from my neighborhood, I was like able to get the most of that town because I was skating like miles away from my house. Yeah. And mom, you know, mom had no idea. <laughs> and I was seeing like the other side, I was seeing, you know, the, the downtown, I was seeing all these areas, but I felt like through that it was, a lot like what you were describing where like the world just got bigger you know and I was able to appreciate and really like absorb things that you know if I just kept playing football in the front yard like that's great but like th there's just so much there's so much out there to like yeah take in even in your own like small community like you you you, you find things that you know small details that you know even if you're there your entire life you like tend to miss you know but mm -hmm. yeah. wheels that's why I'm, wheels that's why i'm Texas in places. Uh, this tiny town in oregon where <laughs> <laughs> i'm like the token ethnic person in my company <laughs> it's fine everyone it's everyone like means well i feel like a full circle moment huh <laughs> like your like your first camping trip almost kind of a little bit oh man it's bus season like what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when we first started talking about this, I really want to talk to those students who are like a lot like me, who are thinking like, I'm not going to make it, you know? who have done the the four years and put in their put in their time their struggles 
but always kind of felt like an imposter, you know, like, it's like, like, you know, like you said, you have like that rock star status of like our Ricardo. And, but then, you know, like, I, and you know, you guys, you were there with me. You saw, you've seen me struggle. You've seen me like get, you know, kind of kicked around a little bit and, you know, I've had jobs, I've lost jobs. Um, and, you know, it's just never letting that kind of keep me from putting myself out there and, you know, just knowing that believing and that I have the skills, I have that like work ethic and just keep trying and, you know, when it rains, it pours. And I know, I, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of students who kind of like are coming out feeling like, like me, like I did, you know, I don't know, just uh what's the what's the the Dion waiters thing like unwarranted confidence or something <laughs> or, um, <laughs> I feel got a little bit of that yeah but uh, i actually just had like a mini interview with uh rei they like called me out of the blue and they're like hey like we're we're rebuilding our id team we were wondering if you were like interested. <laughs> Damn, where are they? At? They're in Seattle. Where are they? At? They're in Seattle. See? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like it's crazy. Like the last, like I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but like my my job kind of uh, path has been pretty tumultuous. Um, like, yeah, I, uh, so I, after, I worked at a consultancy when I first moved to Austin for a little bit and it, it was, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And I tried freelancing for a while and like that it was a lot more work than I thought it would be like just yeah. trying to like bid for jobs and like, um, man, I thought I was going to be like a UX designer or something. And, uh, then I got this like job at Dell and then COVID happened and they just let everybody go. Um, but I had like interviewed for an ID job with, with REI last summer and they flew me out there. I had like a final interview and they were like, yeah, you're a shoe in. And then they're like, oh wait, there's this guy leaving North Face. We gotta, we gotta take him. <laughs> like, oh. He's actually designed a sleeping bag. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a huge bummer. Um, and then I was like, I was working at a bike shop for like the last like year, you know? And uh you know COVID happened and like you know I just applying for job like whatever jobs I could find and then I got this job in Oregon and it's like pretty sweet like it's more bike stuff you know outdoor um an outdoor adventure company uh and they're getting ready to move me out and then like REI calls and like you know within like a couple months of like getting this other job and they're like hey we want you like are you still interested like we have you know, we wanted you from the very beginning, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, man, like, I mean, I'm not complaining, you know? It's yeah. Like, next yeah. Year, it's, it's like, <laughs> nothing locked, man. Not a bad thing to be in demand, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy, you know? Like, you, you go through these, like, ups and downs, these, like, peaks and valleys of, of like, thinking, like, man, I'm not good enough. I'm going to struggle. I should think about doing something else. And then. You know, my, my wallet's too small for my 50s and my diamond shoes are too tight. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But I don't know. Yeah, so, so I don't know. It's it's uh just gotta keep on working, I guess. I feel like that'll never go away too. Like no I mean I'm your your perspective changes. Like once you once you're at, you know, like say the job you you know, I've been fighting to get to, it's like a different vantage point and then you're like feeling a new kind of pressure and then now you're gonna want, you know, to like work at Nike or something. Like you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna work at Nike eventually. Is is kind of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but it, it's just crazy how it's it's like always this like pressure that I don't know, it just doesn't matter. Like you always feel that need to, you know, like develop. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I think a large part of it is just like putting yourself out there, you know, and like, you know, being okay with like getting rejected and then, you know, like just always being optimistic, I guess, of like something could come out of it, you know, whether it's just experience or toughening up your skin because you've been, you know, rejected. You know, like, I guess they see that you keep trying and that's a reason enough, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there always seems to be like this fork in the road that, you know, leaves you kind of questioning and then maybe like second guessing or, or having a little bit of a risk. Because I know whenever I first got my job out here in New York, I had been applying to companies in Austin pretty much like all of the beginning of that year and then i got the job around october and then actually around this time four years ago when i'm like in new york looking for apartments then ibm sends me an email you know asking <laughs> me if i'm still interested in you know their, their ux group yeah, which yeah. would have been like at that point which would have been like backwards and two complete senses like one yeah. already you know having this mindset of leaving you know texas leaving like that comfort nest going yeah. to like a big urban city like new york and then also you know kind of punting on doing id and transitioning to ux so you know there, there's pros and cons either way but from yeah. like at least at that point in my life it just made a lot more sense and i would have been you know, much more like right with myself to take that risk <laughs> and, you know, go for maybe like a smaller company in a bigger city doing yeah. what, you know, I've been looking to do for like the past, you know, ever since graduating. So, right. Those, uh, yeah. those, those tests that get thrown your way, you never, you never really know, but you hope they, hope they work out. It, it's funny, man. Like, I was looking at UX jobs and like I, I even did like some UX boot camps and stuff like with uh, like General Assembly, you know, just like, oh, crap, like I can make like buku bucks, like way more money than I ever would in ID. But it's like, I can't help but feel a little bit like a failure. <laughs> like if I did that, you know, I'm right. not I mean, it, I guess because I mean, it wasn't in the plan, you know, and it's like. I always wanted to work in hard goods and like, I always wanted to work with like traditional ID, whatever that is, but I don't know. It's like, man, I didn't make it. So I'm copping out to like do UX and like, yeah. but making so much more, I don't know. It's... I just came around to the idea of going into that because for a long time I've been thinking that, but it's been coming from when I like search for jobs 
and it'll say, like especially when it says like product designer i mean it'll say ux <laughs> so <thing>. deceiving <laughs> you click on it and it's ux and uh yeah. so it, it's so frustrating um and so it's it's taken me a long time to kind of come around on the idea of like it's smart to go into ux like yeah regardless of what you know you thought at one time like there's there's a lot of I, i'm excited that you took the the boot camp because i like maybe a month ago i was looking into that just out of like what is this man i gotta know i, I will say like be very careful because like I, I took like the general assembly like ux design boot camp and i would say like 75 to 80 percent of it was largely like id foundations you know it was like it's and it's like interesting like they're they're two disciplines that are like so intertwined with each other in terms of like design principles and research and like testing yeah. like the principles are all the same, you know, it's just like knowing how to code is like the, like the hard skills that kind of set you apart, you know? Um, and like, don't be wrong, like mad respect to like people who are really good at UX and like killing it. Like, and you know, it's, it's a very necessary, you know, skill. Um, it's, you know, and like people who want to do that, like, are, are really good at it. It's just like, I know that my heart wouldn't be in that, in that but, but yeah, there's like so many more jobs. <laughs> what was crazy is like, we weren't really exposed to it until like, what was that? Like our junior year or senior year, when we took that trip to like IBM in school. Yeah. Yeah. And then like that's when like UX was like really beginning to pop. Yeah. And you know, in you know, in our years of school, like we had the foundations, you know, from design and but you know, we were all kind of like focused on product design. But I don't know, for me it always felt like UX like would kind of be there because you have the same process skills. So yeah. it's just a matter of like if that's really what you wanted to do and like when you would do it if you, you know, if you wanted to do that. I mean, it's good to like have, you know, the knowledge and understanding to like pivot to do either, to do both, yeah, I mean, be the unicorn. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna do a boot camp, learn how to code. I think that's gonna be the most valuable aspect of it, you know? A lot of it's like, a lot of the like uh, introductory stuff is like all uh non-functioning prototypes and you know it's right like you already know how to do that like yeah. kind of stuff with like illustrator or whatever so yeah but at this new gig that you that you got are you doing yeah. any ux there or is that mainly all id Not, it's all it's all id it's all hard goods um like i'm doing more trailers <laughs> apparently that's that's my niche that's your calling <laughs> dude and, and like rei when they call me it was like yeah so like we're, we're really interested in you because we're, we're we're trying to design a trailer it's like because <laughs> okay, i'm your guy <laughs> but um so it's a it's a it's a company called called burley um and they're like their main competitors are like uh Thule. um the they do like roof racks and stuff for uh bikes and gear um but burley does like uh kids strollers and uh tow behind like bike trailers for um 
like children, pets, gear. And they brought me on as their uh, lead industrial designer because they had been outsourcing all of their design um, for the longest time. And they wanted to like kind of build their own design team. Um, but they want to get into like uh, like camp trailers and stuff. So like you can take a trailer on your bike to like, you know, on unpaved trails and like set up a little like camping platform and haul all your gear and stuff like that. So it's like kind of right up my alley. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some pretty cool trailers. Uh, and I feel like especially actually <clears throat> in 2020, since the pandemic hit, people are trying to find like creative Dude. ways to travel. Yeah. So, that's like another opening right there because you know whether you're just like you know taking the fam or you know just wanting to look yeah. for like an adventure and not stay in a bunch of hotels and you know interact with a bunch of people like the trailer would be the perfect way to go it, it's been a real like interesting um product of this pandemic that uh the like camp goods industry and the bike industry have like exploded by like a thousand percent like legitimately like over to like tenfold um like bikes if i don't know if you've tried shopping for a bike anytime recently but like all, all the manufacturers are sold out um until like late 2021 and there's been such a drain on like parts and stuff like so I, I worked in a bike shop uh during the summer and we couldn't even get like spare parts because manufacturers were having to poach basically the parts from our vendors to build their production bikes and like you know people who hadn't ridden in years are just like well i'm stuck at home so i'm gonna get into cycling or something you know and i'm like so it's like burly it's one of the reasons why they wanted to start their own design team because they just saw like this glut as influx of income that um took over and it's like it's cool because it's like you know like people like families are wanting to like do th now they're, they're stuck together they like want to like do things like active you know activities yeah. and um just like i don't know go cycling together take their kids to the park or whatever in like a trailer so like we like their growth they their revenue grew by like three million dollars or something like compared to last year so it's, it's insane but it's like kind of sets up a really interesting uh perspective for the coming years that is this like going to be a blip and you know there's going to be like a huge drop or you know because things like bikes and and most like camping hard goods, they're not stuff that you buy and replace every year. So like once you own it, it you're kind of done. Um, mm. So it's like once everybody has their bike, is there going to be this huge deficit, you know, yeah. in the coming years? How do you anticipate that? And, like in my mind, I immediately imagine that's where like UX picks up the the slack because I was thinking about like <laughs> like a the Nike Run app or just any like thing that keeps yeah. the community like together and keeps you like motivated to ride more or like camp more or whatever like you know it's kind of yeah it, it works you know in tangent together 
but that's something that I want to get into when I, you know, at Burley is like, how, like, can we do more community work in terms of like cycling? Um, whether it's like getting, uh, so they're part of this group called people for bikes where, you know, remember, um, the bike Houston, um, group yeah. that we, yeah. uh, I don't remember what our association was, but like we went to like one of their meetings, um, so they're like a charter member of like people for bikes. And it's basically about like opening up cycling to other communities and like um, advocating for like infrastructure uh, to allow for like bike commuting or just like bike recreation. Um, so I'm trying to like kind of head something up when I get there and how we can uh, be a bigger part of that uh idea but a little bit loftier i guess yeah i mean that makes it special though i i mean it's cool to have like an awesome bike but when you're getting deep into the community and like like sharing it when you're really sharing yeah that, that i think that's when it, it becomes bigger in you yeah it's like hey like can we recycle some of our used trailers and like give them to like homeless people <laughs> like but they're like well I guess we could. Most of them already like steal ours anyway. <laughs> 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 Apparently that's a huge problem in Eugene. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll see a bunch of like like bums with like kid trailers and then they'll just have like their house in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that a Shipley's mug? Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Gotta gotta pay homage oh, back to the town. That's something to add to my checklist before I leave. For real, um, my sister actually got this for me the first Christmas I was up here in New York. Which uh, is she knows what's up. That's four that's years cool. ago, crazy enough. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I need something, man. Especially because, like, donuts up here, they're just, like, a little <laughs> bit different. So I just, need, I just need a reminder. One of the Actually, one of the few reminders um, up to this point where it's like, okay, I might miss... I might miss Texas. I might miss home a little bit. Um, yeah? Yeah. I mean, Not a lot, someone, but definitely should be. <laughs> I mean, as someone who's about to, like, you know, also move across the country, like, I, I've i been, like, trying to, like, get little mementos of, like, all of my favorite places, just, like, T-shirts and hats or whatever, like, even though, like, I know I can always order that stuff online wherever I am, but... I don't know, man. It's like, it's a huge part of me that's like, I mean, I've lived elsewhere before, but just leaving Texas is, uh, it's tough. And I wonder if that's like the same sentiment with other people, you know, leaving like other states. I feel like Texas just has a different kind of hold on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're like a countryman. Um, <laughs> right, to yeah. The, to the state. And leaving <laughs> is almost like... <laughs> yeah, leave, leaving is almost like <laughs> treason in, in some respects. Um, but I mean, how is that, man? Like, you ready? When, when do you leave? You're leaving pretty soon, right? I mean, I leave in like three weeks and clearly like nothing's packed. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. When you move somewhere else, you gotta like represent Texas. Because people like, when they hear you from Texas, it's, it's like a thing. They're like, expect yeah. you, you know. 
I might, I might have done too much. Like I got all these shirts that say <laughs> Texas on it. <laughs> I was gonna get a tattoo of an armadillo. <laughs> it's like thought, maybe like that's a, a little stunning, right? Like, it's a big Lone Star can, like. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe tone it down a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe like dial back just, you know, just a little bit. By the way, I'm from Texas. Uh, I'm pride. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you tell? Uh, I, I'm excited though. It's it's you know you know me. I've always uh, gravitated towards those uh, outdoor fiascos. So I think um, Oregon is going to be a good place. But yeah, man. I mean, sooner or later, you're probably going to start repping for them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, a little bit. Yeah. Right. It's a little like Texas. Yeah. Kinda <laughs> a little outlaw, bit. Out, a little outlaw like state of mind. Mm. Yeah, just up in the mountains instead of the plains. Yeah, you spend much time up there already, or I didn't know if you were like working remote. I've I've never uh, I've never been to Oregon, (laughs) except when I went to go visit um, where I was where I'm moving to. Um, So it's it's going to be interesting. I've I've been to like Seattle a handful of times, but um, never never Oregon. I was in Oregon. When I, I went to Seattle, and then we like went to hike, um, uh-huh. some like close by spot. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was either Oregon or it was close by. But um, <laughs> what was funny? I, this is what it was. We got to the foot of this hike up this like little mountain, and yeah. um, it was me and Yena, and there was like this like real country dude from Oregon, and he just started talking to us. He was super like sweet and all that stuff, but he was super yeah. country. And he was <laughs> talking about all the people that had like fallen off the cliffs and like he was a oh he was a he was a logger. So he had like crazy stories yeah. about like, the things he had seen and the whole time though, like we're going up and uh, I kept making fun he was he went old, but I kept like making fun of him for being like older, you know. <laughs> but but I realized like like he didn't really yeah. do that well. So every time I say something like that, I have to be like I, I really am just kidding. Like, <laughs> don't kill me. Because <laughs> you're I crazy, man. Translate, but no. I, I, like people keep asking, like, like you know, I said, like, because uh, I said I'm going to Eugene, Oregon. Like, oh, cool. So when are you going to Seattle? Like, <laughs> you're moving to Seattle, right? Like, like that's just Washington. the next spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or like they just assume, like, or they just like get those like so can like intertwined um i don't know it's a it's a smallish town it's like where the university of oregon is like it's actually the the birthplace of nike like the original like nike facility is like being turned into like this like super swanky hotel slash nike museum it's going to be like the second largest nike town i think um that's dope yeah Any, any other uh... <laughs> nothing we're done thank you for listening we'll see you next time